is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, welcome to the Toddcast. Um, today, as a spoiler warning slash general warning uh, for those who might want to know, uh, I'll just let you know up front, my plan is to talk about Star Wars. Um, it's going to get, you know, nerdy and geeky and all of those fun things uh, when a Star Wars fan like myself starts talking about Star Wars. Uh, so if that's not your jam, consider yourself warned. Uh, if you want to, you know, go down that rabbit hole with me, uh, I hope you enjoy. Um, so without any further ado, or maybe some additional ado, as you know, I am one to throw a bunch of prefaces on before I actually start into the main body of my jabbering. Uh, lately, I've been uh, been pretty Star Wars intensive in in some of my my activities. Um, not in relation to the new movie, because I've been avoiding everything I see on. Twitter or in my newsfeed or whatever that relates to, you know, the the ninth installment of the Skywalker saga, because I don't want any spoilers. Uh, so I'm not talking about any of that. Um, what I have been doing, however, is just devouring Star Wars comics uh, left and right like a fiend. Um, as I'd mentioned previously, I've, I've recently taken, taken back into uh, collecting comic books found a local comic shop, got myself a, you know, subscription service going for, you know, the latest offerings, uh, and I've also been, you know, filling in sort of the back catalog. Um, the beauty of a comic collecting in this day and age is that oftentimes the, the publishers will take, uh, you know, previous issues and collect them into trade paperbacks. Uh, you know, so you, you can, you know, spend, spend some money for a, you know, a, a book. Uh, it's not really a graphic novel. That's technically something different than a trade paperback, but I'm not going to get into all that. For the layperson, let's say, you know, a graphic novel type thing, which is basically, you know, a super thick comic book, you know, that collects previous, previous issues. Um, so rather than need to seek out and buy, you know, the individual issues, uh, you know, individually, you can just buy the trade paperback and get all of that. Um, you know, again, if I were collecting comics for, you know, some sort of, you know, speculative nature to try and make money, or if it was important to me to have, you know, the original pressing of whatever, um, you know, I'd go that route, but I'm more interested in the stories and the, the medium of the comic book, you know, taking in those stories in, you know, graphic format. So I don't really care about going to, you know, buy, you know, all 107 issues of the original Marvel run of the Star Wars comic. Uh, you know, they've got trade paperbacks that, you know, here's issues one through 23 in one volume for, you know, a quick price and bing, bang, boom, you're good. Um, and there were slash are a hell of a lot of Star Wars comic books out there. Um, when I was first collecting comic books, um, you know, the, the original Marvel run of the comic book series had, had actually been done by that point. 
uh, but you could still acquire them, you know, at comic book shops or comic conventions or whatever, you know, pretty, pretty easily, pretty, pretty, uh, efficiently from a pricing perspective. Uh, and it was right around the time when they started, you know, to produce Star Wars comics again. Uh, Dark Horse Comics got, got the license and started producing some stuff. And that was about the time when I started collecting. Uh, and they, they, they put out a whole bunch of stuff, which I got and was awesome. And um, we will just skip past the part where my entire comic book collection, you know, kind of vanished into the ether. Because um, that's a whole other thing. Um, but basically, I had to start again from zero when I recently, you know, started collecting comics again. And, you know, boy, I missed a whole lot uh, that was published uh, with the Star Wars comics. Uh, Dark Horse was, um, shall we say, very, um, very active, very, uh, very productive in, in, in making Star Wars titles. Uh, you know, they covered the, the classic trilogy era, um, they, they put a bunch of stuff out from the old Republic, like, like pre prequel times. Um, I want to say they had the license when the prequels came out. So they'd put out a bunch of stuff for that. Like they, there are a lot of comics out there from the dark horse age, um, that I just missed cause I wasn't collecting comics at the time and didn't stay up on it. Uh, fortunately they produce a lot of, you know, again, trade paperbacks that collect all of these. So I don't have to, you know, go too crazy with it. Uh, when I started collecting, I want to say the most recent run of star Wars comics produced by Marvel was in like issue 60 something. Um, and again, they've got, you know, a good easy way for you to catch up, uh, without necessarily, you know, playing the seek and destroy game, uh, for all the issues, you know, individually, which is good. Um, so I picked up a few of those. Um, you, you may or may not have heard me speak the glories of the uh, the bookstores known as Half Price Books on the podcast before. Uh, but, you know, one of the things they have is, you know, a graphic novel section uh, where I've been able to pick those up for a pretty good rate. And again, because I'm not getting these for collectible reasons, you know, that, they're, that they may be a little dinged up is not really a problem for me. As long as all the pages are there and I can read it, that works for me. Um, but I've been hastily putting together the back catalog and getting, you know, back issues of this, that, and the other thing. And as a result, uh, you know, a lot of my sort of downtime, uh, you know, leisure time when I'm not working on something else and just kind of want to chill, uh, I've been just devouring Star Wars comics. Um, so it's, it's, it's put me in a very Star Wars frame of mind, um, which is, you know, kind of, kind of priming the pump for, for this episode. And the other thing that's, that's sort of inspired me to, to speak on this today is the other day, um, was at work out in the smoke area talking, you know, some of the fellas, you know, some of the developers, we're, we're all geeky, nerdy dork types who, you know, are into, you know, uh, you know, Marvel and, you know, comic books and Star Wars and all that sort of thing. And, um, you know there's at, as of the time of this recording, a big kerfluffle, uh, between Sony and Disney in regards to Spider-Man. And I kind of walked into a middle of a conversation on that, um, and various opinions were shared and so forth. And, and somehow the conversation turned towards, you know, Star Wars and, you know, that, that movie, um, enterprise, 
that uh, that franchise, the the epic thing that is the Star Wars universe as we we now know it. Um, and specifically, some you know concerns about you know the the, the quality of the latest movies or their you know thoughts on the prequels and, and so on and so forth. Um, and I guess just felt like like throwing my two cents worth out there to the world as regards you know Star Wars. Um, obviously, I'm a fan. I uh, have been ever since I was a you know a very very small person, um, and I think I've talked about that to a certain degree you know here before. Um, I guess specifically what I'd like to talk about is are the movies. Um, you know, I've seen all of them. Um, most of them multiple times, uh, in the theater. Uh, you know, when the original trilogy came out, I was, I was a young lad and I, you know, saw them in the theater, the original, the original time, which was fantastic. Uh, when they, the special editions came out, I, I saw those in the theater as well. Um, and then there was a dark period where there was no Star Wars being produced, uh, until, you know, we finally came around with episode one, The Phantom Menace. Um, which I will admit, I saw in the theaters, I believe, a total of six times. Um, and depending on how you, who you talk to, they may, you know, disparage the prequels and episode one in particular. Um, at various points in my life, I've been amongst those folk. Um, but at the time, with there being no Star Wars available, you know, nothing new, nothing, nothing going on there. Uh, when that released... I went out and saw it, and yeah, I was not real thrilled with, you know, Jar Jar, and, you know, the, the premise of, you know, the, the blockade for, you know, financial reasons, and, and some of those things, but, but damn it, if the, you know, the fight scenes, and the lightsaber battles, and the, the, you know, the, um, the whizzing spaceships, and all that stuff, weren't, weren't freaking awesome, um, you know, and, and to a certain degree, I couldn't get enough of it, and yeah, I saw it six times in the theater, um, it occurs to me that that's probably the movie I've seen the most on the actual big screen, which again, I'm not necessarily thrilled with that, but it, it is what it is. Um, and I guess I just kind of want to uh, address the films and, and kind of my, my take on that and, and I guess my current take on that because it has shifted. Um, and I guess before I get into that, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, if I have, and this is repetitive, I apologize. If it isn't, and this is new information, enjoy. Um, there is a... If you, for whatever reason, have not seen Star Wars, the movies. Um, and there was a time where I would, you know, throw in a bunch of, of jokes and, and, and jabs at you for, you know, what rock have you been under and what is wrong with you, etc. Um, I no longer hold to those opinions either. Um, I don't believe this is a secret and I don't think that, you know, I'm spilling someone else's, uh, you know, beans when I say this, but, uh, Abby has actually never seen Star Wars, any of them, um, which you'd think would be, you know, anyone who knows me would think, well, that's weird. You're like a super Star Wars fan. How is it that you're married to someone who's never seen them? And why have you not, you know, sat her down and made her watch them? Um, to which the answer is that, you know, she's an independent person and I'm not going to make her do anything. Um, it's, it's not, not a thing, um, that I'd be successful at, nor is it a thing I would want to do. Um, if she wants to watch them, she's welcome to, and I'll happily watch them with her. If she's not interested, 
that's fine. Um, you know, um, she just never saw them growing up, etc. And, you know, her, her rationale for not, you know, changing that, uh, you know, because we've had discussions on the topic and it, it, it makes sense to me. Uh, you know, when I saw Star Wars, it was, it was, you know, in my formative years, it, it, it was, it had a big impact on me. Um, and not just that, but Star Wars was, was kind of a new and revolutionary thing, you know, all in and of itself. I guess the other thing that's got me all, you know, hyper Star Wars as of lately, um, I've been listening to a podcast, I believe it's called Inside Star Wars, which is like a seven, seven episode thing about, you know, how the first film got made, um, which is pretty interesting and kind of brought to light that there, there was a lot of revolutionary stuff there, you know, prior to Star Wars, uh, a lot of sci-fi was, was very artsy fartsy and all the ships were all, you know, super clean, super sleek kind of, you know, kind of things. And, you know, they were slow moving, like, you know, 2001 sort of a thing. And, you know, Star Wars was the first time, you know, you, you saw a, a science fiction sort of gritty, realistic universe and, and fast moving spaceships having dog fights and, and all that sort of thing. And it, it, like I said, it was pretty significant. Nowadays, that's kind of the norm, but, you know, back in the day, that was, that was the thing that, you know, broke the mold and sort of formed its own mold that a lot of, you know, films nowadays sort of use as their, their template. And it's almost the, the default. Um, all that to say that, you know, when I was growing up watching Star Wars, it was kind of a big deal to me, you know, at that point in my life, uh, you know, as a young person and, you know, growing up with it, you know, you, you form that sort of, sort of bond with it, that sort of relationship with this, this movie, with this franchise, um, that she doesn't have, like, as a, you know, an adult woman watching these for the first time is just absolutely going to be different than when, you know, a young person watches them. Uh, you know, being a person who, who, who had an affinity for science fiction, you know, I had sort of a built-in reception for that. You know, it's only recently that she's found out that she doesn't dislike science fiction as much as she always thought she did. But even so, you know, sitting to watch those now is not going to have the same impact on her as it did on me. And so, you know, you, you, she runs the risk of being in that situation to where, you know, once she's seen them and, you know, she runs into a Star Wars fan, like, oh, what'd you think? She's like, meh, they're, they're all right. And then, you know, people are giving her a ration for that. And it makes perfect sense why, you know, she would just avoid that. Um, and so I no longer give people crap for not having seen the movies. Um, cause I can put some context around it and it makes sense to me now. Um, but to go back to my original thing before I sidetracked again, if you have not seen Star Wars and you want to see Star Wars, um, there is what I would say a, a recommended, um, sort of viewing order. And, and it, I have to say that because, you know, the way this, the, the films were released is, is a little wonky for some, you know, if you're like, Oh, I've never seen Harry Potter. Well, okay. Start with the first one and then watch this. Like they, they go chronologically. They, they, you know, they, they, they follow an arc. It's real easy. You start with one and work your way through seven and, you know, bing, bang, boom, no problem. Uh, with Star Wars, you know, they released Star Wars in 77. Uh, and when they released the second film that they made, Empire Strikes Back, and I believe it was 1980, 
uh, you know, it was dubbed Episode 5, and they retroactively made the first movie, Episode 4, A New Hope. So the, the original three movies are Episodes 4, 5, and 6. And then they came back with the prequels and did, you know, 1, 2, and 3. And nowadays they're producing, you know, 7 and 8 are out, 9 is around the corner. So it's very confusing. And it's like, okay, do I watch these in numerical order? Do I watch these in the order they were released? Like, what, what works? And the best thing that I've seen, and I, I agree with this, is uh, shock and surprise on the internet. Somebody has opinions about this. And uh, somebody actually put together a, a pretty well thought out, uh, you know, sort of blog post that outlines it. Um, I don't recall the site, uh, but if you're interested in reading it, and I would recommend it, uh, go ahead and Google Machete Star Wars, and you'll you'll get to the blog post where they talk about the order in which to watch Star Wars. Um, and basically the premise there is, and, and again, there may be some spoilers here. Um, I'll try and keep that as a minimum in case you you've, you have not seen these. Uh, if you have seen them and I let something slip, you know, it, it'll make sense to you why this order is. But you start with episode four, the first movie, the original from 77. Because um, really that's where the story actually starts. I mean, there are three episodes that precede it, but that's a good starting point. It's what lit the fire. Um, and it, in, if you follow the instructions I'm about to give, it all makes sense. Um, you start with, with episode four, because, you know, that, that's a good starting point. And then you move on to episode five. Um, without being spoilery, although in this day and age, it's, it's kind of hard for you to have not known the thing that I'm trying to conceal here. At the end of episode five, there is a revelation as to, you know, someone's parentage, um, which is a pretty big reveal, and that's why I'm not going to spoil it in case for some reason you don't, you haven't seen and don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and so after you watch episode five and get that shock of what, uh, you go back and watch episodes two and three in the context of this is a flashback. Uh, to a previous time where it outlines, you know, everything that led up to episode four and gives context for the big reveal that happens in five. Uh, so you watch episodes two and three. When those are finished, you sort of end the flashback and go back to episode six, Return of the Jedi. And that sort of completes the story arc. Um, the, the order, that, you know, that I just gave was, you know, that this theory, the machete order, as they call it, uh, this was all put out prior to the release of the most recent film, so this doesn't account for seven, eight, or the, the two side movies being, you know, Rogue One and Solo. We'll get to that in a minute as far as my opinions on where they fit in. Um, but it's, you know, four, five, two, three, six. Um, what you'll notice from that is that episode one is missing, um, and that's kind of intentional in that most people, a lot of people, I guess, do not care for episode one. Um, and would just as soon leave that out in any case. And the, the, the thing about that is, is that the, the, whether you think episode one is a good movie or a bad movie or, or whatever, irrespective of that, the, the, the plot points of episode one 
and the story that it's telling are actually not all that crucial to the rest of the franchise. Um, if you skip straight to, there's nothing in episodes two or three that you need to know what happened in episode one for them to make sense for the most part. Like, there might be some minor details, but you're really not missing much, so you can skip it. Alternately, if you want to, you know, be a completionist of it, watch in the previously described order, 45236, and then watch episode one, as, and think of it as bonus material, or as some people would put it, you know, the blooper reel. Because, um, like I said, there's some pretty kick-ass space battles and, and lightsaber fights and stuff, and, you know, it's there. Um, but it's not necessary or vital, I guess. Um, and that's the order, that's the order you're, you're to watch them in that makes sense. It all puts it in a, a good perspective. Um, and I'm not going to rail on about that too much longer because like I said, go Google Machete Star Wars order and read the blog post. It's very well thought out and written. Um, and kind of explains a lot. If you haven't seen them, you might not want to read that because, again, spoilers. I mean, it's been, like, two, three decades at this point for spoilers on those films. But still, if you're looking to, you know, preserve that, um, maybe read it after you've watched them. Uh, now, to expand on that, once you've done that, you know, where do you go from there? Uh, I think that are, that that lineup still holds true. Uh, you know, four, five, two, three, six. Uh, and from there, you can probably go to seven and then eight and I presumably nine. Uh, I mean, Rogue One technically takes place right before episode four, but I don't know that I would recommend that as your first Star Wars movie to watch and then proceed with the previously described order because Rogue One stands alone as a good film. Like I really enjoyed Rogue One. I'm not sure if you've, if you're completely unfamiliar with Star Wars and that was your entry point, that that would serve you as well. And it's hard for me to say because I've grown up steeped in Star Wars. It's hard for me to abstract, uh, you know, away everything that I know and try to, you know, look at that movie with, you know, Star Wars virgin eyes, uh, sort of a thing. It's an excellent movie. You should definitely check it out. Uh, you know, once you've seen, you know, the originals and the, the prequels and stuff, you know, definitely check it out. I just don't know that I would throw that in as your first bit. Um, Solo, the other standalone, is also sort of prequel-ish. Um, you know, Han Solo makes his first appearance in the original Star Wars in Episode Four, and, you know, the events of Solo take place prior to that. But again, I don't know that I would start there. I think I would, I would watch the main, you know, nine movies and just throw those in somewhere after you've seen the original, you know, original trilogy, you know, as sort of, again, bonus material, uh, you know, an extra story kind of a thing. Um, I'm going to pause for a moment, take a drink, take a breath, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get back into some other thoughts on the franchise. And I'm back. Um, I not only grabbed a breath and a drink, I've had several of those because I then realized, oh crud, I'm pretty close to home. And then the weekend happened. So, uh, happy Monday. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna stay on. I'm gonna try and stay on. Uh, stay on task. Stay on topic. Uh, try and remain focused here. 
and we were talking about Star Wars uh, and the films in particular. And so for part two, uh, I'm going to spout a little bit about my, my thoughts on the film franchise. Uh, and again, this is a little bit um, prompted by some of my associates and, you know, murmurings that I see in here on the, the intertubes uh, relating to various people's opinions about the movies. And so for this one, we're going to go <clears throat> chronologically uh, via release order. Um, so I'm going to start again with, with the, the classic, the original Star Wars, later known as Episode Four: A New Hope. Um, as I've said, and I don't know that I really need to get go go all through it all over again. Uh, clearly, my personal favorite—it's uh, the one that 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 launched the ship, that got the whole thing going, uh, that you know changed the world, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so, you know, I think that sums up what I feel about that movie. Um, and there are a lot of folks who you know, share that opinion, um, you know, most folks, in my experience, most folks my age, um, share that thought, um, as regards to not just that movie, but the original trilogy, uh, cause that's what we grew up with, that's, that's what, that's what started us off, um, uh, it's my understanding that there is a certain contingent of folks who actually find, uh, Empire Strikes Back to be their favorite, uh, which it's an excellent film. It's a good, it's a good movie. Obviously, I enjoy it. Um, I don't know that I would call it my favorite, and probably for the reason that, as I understand it, a lot of people do consider it to be their favorite. Um, it is. It's. A, it's a good film, but it's definitely a middle movie. It's definitely part two of a trilogy, um, which makes it very necessary, very good, and very interesting. But also, you know, to me, not being a standalone, stand-by-itself unit uh, kind of makes it hard for me to consider that a favorite. Um, I guess I'll also just go ahead and say, if you listen to the first part of this podcast, uh, as a person who's never seen any of the Star Wars films, I've done my best to, you know, not spoil anything, but... At this point, we're just going to say spoiler warning and, and speak about some details in the films because those those factor into, you know, a lot of my thoughts and opinions uh, from this point forward in the context I'm going with. So if you haven't seen them and or you are somehow not aware of the key things that have by now surely been spoiled for you, um, proceed with caution. Um, and we'll go with, you know... Um, to get back on track. Empire, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a middle movie. I mean, it ends with a, a, a major reveal in that, you know, Vader is Luke's father and, you know, a cliffhanger in that Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. Um, you know, you can't just, if you're going to pick one Star Wars movie to watch, Empire really doesn't work because you're, you're not going to know what the heck is going on. And when it's over, you can't not watch the other one or you're going to be, you know, left, left wanting, or at least left with questions that you, you won't get answered. Um, and also, you know, if you've seen, you know, to, to flip franchises, for example, if you've seen Clerks, there's a whole bit in there about why, you know, dude feels that Empire is the better movie. 
um, you know, and it kind of amounts to, you know, because it's kind of a downer and, you know, life is a series of down endings or whatever. That's, that's a little bit more pessimistic than I prefer. Um, and I'm not sure how many of my, uh, my, my peers like Empire best for that reason. Um, as opposed to other reasons, but I, I can't, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not into that kind of, you know, pessimism. Um, like I said, good movie, enjoy it, definitely vital for the, you know, the story, the overall arc there, um, but, but not something I would, I would call my favorite personally. Um, moving on to Return of the Jedi, again, excellent film, um, very enjoyable, uh, you know, the, the, the practical effects that went into that movie, um, and yet were still believable, uh, to me, even to this day, are pretty fantastic. Um, I like it a lot. Um, the Ewoks are a thing. Um, you know, little teddy bear people. They're cute. They're fun. Um, you know, they're kind of for the kids, I think. Um, do I have... Uh, any major issue with a bunch of, you know, primitive teddy bear creatures, you know, helping to overthrow a technologically superior empire? Eh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they were clever. They, they, they got stuff happening and it's not like they were doing it all by their lonesome. They had the rebels there and the rebels had blasters, um, and communications gear and so forth to, to coordinate efforts. Uh, so it's not completely implausible. There, you know, there's some things there that, that, you know, are maybe not, not my favorite part of that movie, but all in all, it's all good. Um, and brings the, brings the trilogy to, you know, a satisfying ending, um, you know, completes that arc. Uh, you know, they, they blow up the second Death Star and good things happen and, you know, hooray, they, the, the good guys won. Um, so I'm calling that good. Uh, if we're sticking with release order, which is the plan, uh, I, I guess technically at this point I have to then not move on to Phantom Menace, but rather stick with the special editions, which is just the first three movies re-released, but with some, you know, tweaks, um, you know, Lucas did a lot of awesome stuff with the original trilogy, I mean, he formed, you know, Industrial Light and Magic specifically to do a lot of the special effects in those films, um, in which they pioneered a lot of special effects, uh, but it still wasn't quite what he was hoping for, so he went back in with, you know, CGI and whatnot and added some stuff in, and re-released him in the theaters, uh, which was good, because I got to see him in the theaters again, which was nice, um, a lot of people have a lot of fervor and a lot of strong opinions about the special editions and, you know, the little, little bit, little tidbits that were tweaked. Um, I, I, there was, and again, there was a point where I kind of had some very strong feelings too, but I, I don't know if it's just that it's time or that I've matured or, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point where like, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's my favorite series of movies, but they are still just movies. There's only so fired up I can be about it. Uh, has kicked in as a mentality. I don't know. Uh, although I think it's fine. Um, you know, the, the little, the little 
additions and little touches that, that got thrown in there. Um, I, I don't know that they were necessary, but they don't seem to hurt anything either. You know, um, you know, CG, uh, CGIing in, you know, a couple of extra, you know, droid sequences in the, in Moss Eisley or, you know, um, some extra dobacks off in the, um, in the deserts of Tatooine. Like, it, it ain't hurting nobody. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. I'm good with that. You know, going back into Cloud City and, you know, making all the flat panels into windows into the outside to where you can see the clouds of, uh, Bespin. I thought that was pretty cool. That worked out pretty, pretty all right. I, I got no beef with that. Um, you know, some of the more significant things that they've changed, you know, they, there was a, there was a scene they originally filmed, uh, in, in Star Wars where Han, you know, crosses paths with Jabba the Hutt in there in the first film, um, which they cut out and was probably good because they originally filmed it with, you know, some, some dude in like a fur jacket thing. Um, you know, and for special editions, they CGI'd in, you know, the, the slug-like Jabba the Hutt. Now, the CGI there is, is not particularly great. I, I'll be, be real honest. But again, I don't think that really hurt anything. Uh, the thing that kind of blew everyone's minds and pissed everybody off was, you know, the, the whole, you know, Greedo shooting first piece, which... I think it makes more sense that when Han shoots first, I mean, that's the way it was originally done. I feel like that was a, an intentional yet unnecessary softening of Han Solo's character. Um, I feel like Lucas did it to make it seem like Han wasn't so, you know, heartless or mercenary, um, that he would just shoot a dude in cold blood. Um, to which I disagree. I mean, at that point in the series, Han is very much a smuggler. He is very much a, a rogue. Um, he was very much all about himself and self-preservation and, you know, what's in this for me. And, you know, when faced with a bounty hunter who's got a gun to your face and you're able to, you know, shoot him first and not get killed, that is absolutely what he would have done. Um, and I feel like tweaking that's, you know, it, it doesn't act to, to soften his character. It just acts in kind of opposition to what his character is at that point. Um, with the side effect of it makes it makes Greedo look super freaking incompetent. I mean, you're holding a gun on somebody like two feet away from his face and you miss you, my friend are, are just a terrible bounty hunter. You, you suck. And, um, that's unfortunate. That's particularly unfortunate. Like, yes, Greedo is clearly not a very good bounty hunter in that, you know, he got shot under the table by a smuggler when you're holding a gun in dude's face, but to hold, I don't know, to shoot point blank and miss that badly and then get shot under the table and die to me is almost worse for him. Anyway, done belaboring that point. Uh, in my opinion, the special editions were fine. I don't know that they were necessary but I don't necessarily get as spun up as some do about them. Um, you know, like I said, Lucas had some thoughts and feelings of some stuff that he kind of felt to be unfinished business. And he had the money and the 
capacity to go do something about it, and he did. Uh, that's fine. Uh, you know, as long as they don't continue to continually do that, it's good. And now that the franchise is no longer in his hands, I don't think we necessarily have that to worry about. Um, I find it troubling. I guess the one last piece there, and this actually wasn't in the special edition. This came later. Um, when they went in to the, like the very final scene in Jedi where, you know, you've got ghost Ben and ghost Yoda and ghost Anakin, they took out the old man who played, you know, Anakin in the Vader suit and put in, uh, you know, young Anakin from the prequels in there. I think that was maybe a bit unnecessary. Um, I think it made more sense the way it was with him as the old dude, cause that's, what he looked like when he was finally redeemed. Also, that's what Luke saw him as. Um, but again, not looking to, uh, we're done talking about the special, the special editions in the original trilogy. My favorite, uh, as a trilogy by virtue of being the ones I grew up with, I think for being real honest, um, it's kind of hard for me to look at that objectively. Uh, because I had, you know, 20 years of experience with that particular trilogy that, that aspect of the franchise, and I think that's always going to stick out for me as, as what I consider the best. Um, so we move forward to the prequels trilogy. Um, like I said, I saw episode one, like, I think like six times in the theater, just because it was the first Star Wars we got. Um, and like I said, you know, the, 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 the space battles and the lightsaber fights and stuff were, were pretty awesome. Um, Jar Jar was super annoying, um, and I think a lot of people share my view on that, uh, particularly those, you know, of my age or older, um, although I'll say, you know, once again, I'm, you know, he was there for the kids' benefit, not, you know, it, they were trying to make a movie that, you know, was fun for the whole family and for the young, young, young ones, I think, I think Jar Jar makes that makes sense there, um, you know, I could easily pivot to, well, you know, a good, you know, at least third of Return of the Jedi was a bunch of little, you know, teddy bears fighting with spears for the kids, and, you know, no one's having that level of upset there, I think maybe it's because the Ewoks didn't have any speaking parts, probably, um, but like Jar Jar uh, kind of upset me, it, it, that was, it was maybe a bit too much for my tastes, but again, it is what it is. Um, the plot of episode one it was a little troubling in that it was, you know, oh, the whole basis for this movie is, you know, a trade situation, some sort of, you know, blockade of the planet for some sort of trade dispute. Not exactly, you know, high caliber space opera topics there, but... Uh, you know, I guess it got the story going where it needed to go. Um, it's probably why I, I, you know, I agree that episode one is probably the one you can most easily just skip. Um, I don't hate it the way I once did. I don't hate it the way a lot of my contemporaries do. Um, but if I were, you know, ranking them, I would say it's definitely my least favorite of, of the movies. Um... Attack of the Clones was good. I would say that's possibly the movie I've seen the least of, um, strangely enough. I saw it in theaters once, maybe twice. 
saw it on DVD maybe a, a time or two after that, but I don't know, it just kind of, you know, with all of the, you know, at the time rage against the prequels, I just haven't seen it as much. I, I mean, I feel like it's, it's pretty okay. Um, again, it, it, it tells the, it tells the story fairly decently, I think, um, you know, on, you know, how they get the clone army and, and so on and so forth. There's, you know, awesome visual effects, etc. Um, big fan of Ewan McGregor's work. Um, young Anakin, whose name I can't currently seem to remember, less impressed with, but, you know, I, I, I think part of that is, is, I've not seen him in anything else, so I got nothing to compare against, um, although I gotta say, there's a fair chance that part of the problem there is just the dialogue he was given, um, which really shouldn't be held against him, um, and I guess a lot of that sort of holds true for both, uh, Episodes 2 and 3, uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Um, like I said, good movies, good good visuals, good good uh, good stuff. Gets the story moving along and told. Not, not necessarily my favorites, um, but still generally good, I would say. Um, and I'll say this about the, the prequel trilogy. Uh, a lot of people give it a lot of grief. Um... And in some cases, for for what I would agree with, you know, as good reasons, you know, Jar Jar being just over the top and annoying, um, you know, the plot line for Episode One, the you know the acting capabilities of some, you know, in, in dialogue uh, that takes place in some of those movies, and that's fine. Um, but I also got to think part of, possibly part of what keeps me from being as attached to those as the originals is, you know. I was in my 20s when those came out, um, as opposed to a young, young child. Um, I know that, you know, for the younger set, you know, the prequels, that's their Star Wars trilogy, because that's what they grew up with, and that makes perfect sense to me. Um, and I don't know that I am any more very keen to besmirch than that. Like, that's, that's, that's their trilogy. Enough time had passed to where, yes, you know, the, the old movies were good and all, but those are the ones they grew up with, uh, you know, and saw everywhere and got the toys for, etc. Um, I mean, I'll say this to the youngins, you know, you guys got a lot more Star Wars support than we did, um, for all of the reasons. Uh, you know, we, we had the trilogy and, um, <clears throat> And, and what else? We we got the, the, the holiday special, which I'm just not even going to speak on here. If you don't know anything about it, Google, you know, Star Wars holiday special. Um, you know, that's, that's not a good thing. Uh, it's so bad that Lucas, you know, wants it to never see the light of day again. Um, and I imagine most people have never even heard of it. Uh, I've seen it. Whew. It's different, people. Um you know, I think after a while we got, you know, a couple of standalone Ewok television specials and, you know, I think, you know, a cartoon, but, you know, prequel trilogy's out and there's the Clone Wars cartoon and then, you know, there's, there's a, 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 there's a Clone Wars animated movie, which I have forgotten all about, uh, in, until just now when I'm discussing the films and technically is a film and therefore should, you know, fit in 
right about now in the sequence, I guess. Uh, it's okay. Um, it's definitely more kid-based. Um, I think that's another one that kind of falls into that, eh, take it or leave it. Like, it, it's, it's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-animated Clone Wars, but I don't know that it's essential uh, viewing to understand the franchise either. Um, you know, I've, I've seen... I don't even know if I can say half of the um, the television series Clone Wars. Just don't watch that much TV. And frankly, this is getting off track of talking about the films. If I start going into other media, um, this is going to take forever. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, point being is is you know there there's a lot more sources and resources out there for youngins as regards to Star Wars that are sort of set in the prequel trilogy era. So it would make sense to me that younger folk, that that is their Star Wars. Um, and again, I, hey, you got some Star Wars. I'm, I'm down for that. You know, it's slightly different flavor than what I am grew up in and, and I'm used to and, and prefer, but don't let that slow you down. Uh, hooray, Star Wars. Um... And I think that that sort of concept continues to carry on nowadays um, with, you know, episode seven and eight and with nine around the corner to where, you know, enough time has passed to where I feel like youngins today, their Star Wars is going to be, you know, the, the Poe and Rey and Finn Star Wars as opposed to you know, the prequel trilogy or the original, because this is what they're growing up with and what they've been most exposed to. And frankly, what makes the most sense to them. And I, again, can get behind that. Um, you know, I have seen those movies. I, I enjoy those movies. Um, and once again, I, I've heard a lot of my contemporaries bitch and moan and have hissy fits about those movies. And, it, and again, I, I, I subtly uh, both agree and disagree. Um, you know, um, episode seven is, is good. I enjoyed it. Um, again, is it maybe a little too reminiscent, um, you know, in terms of storyline and, and scene for scene shots reminiscent of the original movie in that, you know, oh, we're going to start off on a desert world and oh, there's another, you know, world-killing weapon, you know, daring, like, there's a lot of stuff there that, that is, is very reminiscent, and I, I feel like a lot of that was done intentionally, uh, sort of as a bit of a, you know, a callback, a little bit of a, you know, um, I forget the word I'm looking for right now, but, but sort of, you know, they did that on purpose to, you know, kind of draw on some of the, the, the power of the first movie, but I don't necessarily feel like it's a, you know, full-on remake or redo of, you know, it, it is its own thing. Um, would I have preferred they maybe laid off a little bit on some of the, you know, the, the repetition and some of the homages to the original movie? Perhaps. I think they maybe, let, maybe went a little too far with that, but it, it's not so badly that I just can't, oh, this movie sucks. It's just a shitty remake of, you know, episode four. Uh, no, I like. I, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. I I, I enjoyed the film. 
Um, the Last Jedi, again, I thought was pretty good. Um, you know, again, there were people saying, oh, this is a little, a little too Empire Strikes Back-y for me. I, I don't know. I think it's maybe a little less that than the, than the other one was. Um, there's still definitely some elements there. Um, uh, you know, I liked it. It was, it was a little, a little all over the place. I, I am a little, I'm a little upset about the whole importance of fuel as part of that, that plot line. Um, again, when I'm looking at Star Wars, I'm looking for, you know, space fantasy, you know, space opera. I'm looking for, you know, exciting, uh, you know, action and, and, you know, high stakes, whatever, not trade disputes or, oh, we don't have enough fuel situation. Like the premise behind Last, uh, Last Jedi was a little uh, problematic for me, but I, I feel like that's, they, they could have come up with a better reason than fuel. Like, I feel like that's, that's right. More of a writing situation. Um, and some laziness there than, than anything. Um, but that aside, I enjoyed the movie. Again, am I going to love any of these as much as I do the originals? Probably not. Cause they're, you know, they're not the originals that I, you know, have spent, you know, at this stage, 40 years loving, you know, um, Plus, it's kind of bummer that, you know, the main people from the original trilogy that I love so much are, you know, dying off. That's, that's not fun. Um, but I still, I still like the movie. I would still encourage people to see it. Um, you know, uh, which I believe takes us to the, the sort of side movies. The, I don't know if spinoffs is the right thing, but, you know, the, the movies that don't fall within the episodes one through nine Skywalker saga per se. Um, I freaking loved Rogue One. Um, it ties into the existing movies in such a way as that, you know, you feel that it's connected to the Star Wars universe other than it just, you know, being the Star Wars universe. Like, oh, that thing where they got the plans for the first Death Star. We're going to show you how that happened. So it kind of links into the, the films. Um, <clears throat> was good. But having a completely different cast. You know, not a Skywalker in sight. No no true Jedi, uh, you know, making an appearance. Was kind of something I've been hoping for. Because, you know, the films are awesome. Again, I don't want to get too too far off base and talk too much about sort of the extended, extend, expanded or extended universe. Um, but you know, they're comic books, they're, they're, you know, they're cartoons, they're novels. There's, you know, a whole role playing game, all the source material for it. Like there's a, you know, there's video games. There's a whole lot of star Wars lore out there. Um, and I have consumed a fair bit of it. But like the, the Star Wars universe, one of the things I like about it is because it is so, um, so wide and so sort diverse and all the options that are available there. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons why I, I like Star Wars more than I do Star Trek. 
Uh, one is it's more space opera and, and space fantasy than sci-fi that Star Trek is. Uh, but also, like, uh, everything you ever see with Star Trek, it's, you know, somebody from the Federation on a Federation ship, um, you know, going against a variety of things. But, you know, Star Wars, you've got the Rebels and you've got the, the Empire, but you also have all the, you know, the fringe elements of, you know, smugglers and criminals and spies and all these other planets for whom, you know, maybe this big war, this big war, um between the Empire and the Rebellion is maybe not the most important thing to them. They've got other stuff happening. And you can explore those worlds. Um, and I think Rogue One did a real good job of that. Um, showing other perspectives, other other aspects of it. Uh, you know, not not everything in Star Wars has to have, a, you know, a Jedi involved. Um, you know, I mean, obviously there were, you know, Imperial elements there and some Rebel elements there, but it it, it was a lot more, you know, gritty on the fringe, on the edges of things, um, than what the other Star Wars movies are, um, and I like that, um, I mean, I guess the, the same holds true for Solo, I mean, again, it's, it's you know, we're going to show you the backstory for a person that you know from the movie, um, and there obviously were Imperial elements there, but it wasn't, you know, the same, you know, clash versus good and evil sort of a thing. Um, and kind of explored some of the, the edges, uh, in a way that I really enjoyed. Um, I really, really, really liked Solo as a movie. Um, it saddens me that they took that as an indicator, uh, or an excuse to slow their roll on the, the side stories. Um, and I don't think that it's fair, um, to the franchise and particularly to Solo to, to take it that route. Um, I think they kind of, you know, th their whole thing is, though, it did not make back the money we hoped it would. It did not, you know, break all of the records like every other Star Wars movie has done. And therefore, you know, we're going to take that as, oh, things have calmed down. We need to not produce as many of these so quickly. There's only Star Wars and maybe that is relevant. I mean, I, I imagine there's a certain degree of that to where if you keep cranking out a movie a year, you know, there are people who are going to get kind of over it. And I understand that. I mean, I'm not one of those people. But then again, I'm, you know, kind of a fanatic uh, as regards to Star Wars. Um, I mean, I sought out and, you know... Um, downloaded and watched the holiday special, such is my devotion. Um, but, you know, I don't think Solo did poorly because Solo wasn't a good movie. Um, because it was a good movie. I think Solo did poorly because the dumbasses released it at the same time that, uh, you know, they released Deadpool 2 and, you know, um, the next to the last Avengers movie, whose name is just, uh, Infinity War, sorry, just went brain dead for a second, but, uh, you know, if you release all three of those movies at or around the same time, um, I don't know, to me, I mean, I'm not a movie exec, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, a, a, a professional in this area, but just common sense tells me you're not going to make as much money off that Star Wars movie as you would if it were, you know, being released on its own, 
independent of other things like that. Um, I mean, the amount of fan base crossover between Avengers Infinity War, Deadpool 2, and Solo, a Star Wars story, is, I mean, that Venn, Venn diagram, it's, it's not exactly just three full-on overlapping circles, but doggone it, they're pretty close. Um, you know, and I'm fortunate enough to be a person who's, you know, doing well enough in life that I can afford to go hit the theaters with, with you know, myself and my family to go see all three of those films in, in, on the big screen and spend that money and get you your, your, your box office take off of me. Um, not everybody's in that situation. And, you know, if, if I were, you know, frankly, if it were, you know, 10 years ago and I had to choose where to put my, my movie money on one of those three, um, I will still want to put Solo because I'm a Star Wars freak. But had I not been, you know, quite the Star Wars devotee that I am, uh, I could, let's put it this way. I could see a lot of people saying, well, here's this Star Wars movie. It's not critical to the main arc. It's going to hit DVD eventually and I can watch it and it's fine. Or I've watched, you know, 20 some Marvel movies, all of which are, you know, culminating in, you know, the Avengers Infinity War. I'm going to go watch that on the big screen. And therefore, they go see that and not your movie. You know. Um, and I just feel like dropping Solo the same time you dropped those other two was just kind of dumb. Especially when you consider, you know, they're both... Both, both franchises are coming from Disney. Like, why would you pit your own movies against yourselves? Like, that just doesn't make any damn sense to me. Um, and it's not fair to me that they leverage that as the re rationale for not making as many Star Wars films or as not as often. Um, it's fine. It is what it is. I, I'm less upset about them slowing their roll on the movies as I am upset that I don't think Solo gets a fair shake. I think it, it's, it's, it's gotten, uh, you know, a bad rap for not making as much money and people think that it's not as good a movie because of it rather than just poorly timed. Uh, I really enjoyed Solo. Um, and I'll shut up about that now. Um, especially as I'm getting close to my, my destination. Um, you know, episode nine's around the corner. We'll see how that goes. Like I said, I've been avoiding spoilers like crazy just because I want to go in and see it, um, for myself without too much bias. Uh, you know, one of the beautiful things about watching the, the original two trilogies was, you know, there wasn't a lot of hubbub and it was real easy to not see things about them until you went and saw the theaters, you know, just don't read that magazine or don't read that, you know, newspaper article. Um, you know, nowadays I can't look at my, you know, Twitter feed or, you know, my news app without seeing, you know, a half dozen, Oh, discussions about, you know, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, spoilers. Oh, here's some, you know, leaked photos from the, you know, from the set. It's, it's, I don't want to, I just, let me, let me enjoy it in theater the way it's intended. Uh, I don't, I don't want it, you know, piecemeal ahead of time. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to make that happen and, and survive, uh, you know, unspoiled. 
Um, and maybe I'll talk about it back here on the Toddcast. Uh, I mean, well, let's be honest. That's, that's probably going to happen. Um, and we'll chat about it then. Um, I hope you found this enjoyable. Um, I hope that, uh, you know, if you, you have someone who's not seen Star Wars, be it a, a, a young person or, you know, someone who's decided that, you know, it's been long enough, they finally want to see it, that, uh, the advice in the first half is helpful. Um, you know, the second part's all kind of my opinions on the things. Like I said, I, I, it just upsets me when people give a lot of hate, um, to, to movies just because it's not their trilogy, you know, they're one of the beauty, beautiful things about Star Wars is that there's a little bit of something for everybody, um, and that we can all have that in common and get along and, and enjoy a thing. I, I say we do that and not get hung up on all the, the little nonsense. Um, you know, there's enough in this world today that divides us. Let's 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 find something common to hang on to and, and enjoy it together uh, instead. So, until next time, everybody. I hope y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the Toddcast.